Hello and welcome to another episode of the VR Download, a weekly show recorded live from the Upload Virtual Studios, where we bring you the latest news, reviews, comments, and interviews from the VR industry. My name is Kyle, Operations Manager at Upload VR, and let's meet the rest of today's panel. Over here to my right. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm the senior UK editor, as I believe it now says down there, but I can't see because Fancy. if I try and look Ooh. over, I see my living room. And over here to my left. Hello, I'm uh, Harry, a news writer at uh, Upload VR and community moderator. What time is it, Harry? Oh, it's, uh, it's 5 a.m. 5 a.m. in the morning podcasting, everybody. <laughs> Woohoo! Ian Hamilton here, managing editor. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining. And hello to uh, Hussein and John, who both say hello. Hi, everyone, and hello from Massachusetts. Hi, John. Hello, hello. to you in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Hello. I'm so bad at saying that. Mass- <laughs> That's Massachusetts. such a fun Massachusetts. Yeah, I don't like fun. it. So let's get into our news discussion this week and see what kind of fun stuff we have to talk about. So our first story this week is about Half-Life Alex, an 80-person dev team. Wow, that's substantial. The game's done. It's finished. And Valve is confident that it will not be delayed. Now, uh, Ian? Believe it when I say it. Do do you believe (laughs) that the game is done, ready Uh, for prime time, and ready for release? I I believe it. Yeah, I think think they'll hit it. Uh, That comes from basically the way they announced it, right? They told us when we first got our first look at the index hardware in i think it was like march or april of last year i can't remember the exact timeline Mm -hmm. they said we've got a flagship vr game coming this year for all steam vr pc headsets obviously that did not happen what they did was they got to november and said we're actually going to ship this in march so you know when they say that there was a valve time figured into the development process that difference between when they first told us they were going to ship in 2019 and actually announcing the game formally to a very wide audience in November was the valve time. So I, I do believe it'll hit in March. Valve, valve time, valve time delay, meaning right? that it took people a really, really like valve is notorious for delaying projects and taking ages to get games out. Obviously this is the first half-life game in over a decade valve time, meaning it takes a really, really long time for valve to do stuff. With good reason. Do do yeah. we think that the game was completely done in November, but the reason for the delay was possibly because of I don't know index production or uh, some stra- strategic? I mean, they they did well, say in the they said in the AMA they did yesterday that the game is now finished and they're just like bug testing to get it to be like in the most perfect state by March. Yep. So it sounded like from their phrasing to me, it sounded like not that they'd recently finished it, but like they were like now we're in bug testing, we're just polishing things up which didn't sound like it would have been in that state. You know, yeah. They, yeah, they specifically said they're working on the final, final scene, right? And that yeah. always makes me nervous because, like, you know, they, they're going to want to make sure that that's a nice way to send off this first full VR game. So, I mean, I, I suppose something unexpected could come up. But, yeah, I want to say we saw comments from people who said they played through the entire game. G- Jeff Keighley, I think. Yes, quickly, and, and that right was before the, the game announced. was announced, right? So that was, like, back yeah. last summer. Lots of people played it last summer. Phil Spencer from Xbox played it last summer. Uh, a couple of people. The summer from other of Half Life Alex. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some, well, exactly. summer. I thought they played it in like November, December. I'm... No, no, no. Some people played it all the way back in like uh, like August, September kind of time. Mm. Wow. We've got a comment from uh, Hussein saying, "Time for me to check out the best PC VR mods for Half Life One and Two. Will we playing them for the first time too?" I actually am not sure. I've had a few comments on that because uh, I, we wrote about the Half Life One uh, mod that you can put on Quest. The thing yeah. with that though is that it only works on the Quest because it's built on like the Android that it runs on is, is only works on um, not Android. The engine that it runs on only works on Android. Mm. Uh, so I don't know how. Are there PC VR mods for Half Life One oh, and yeah. Two? Oh yeah, that's that's Valve's kind of thing, isn't it? Valve's everyone likes modding at Valve. That's where yeah. like all their sequels come from. Like Team Fortress was originally a Half Life mod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dota Two was a mod of something, probably Half Life Two in some strange way. I'm sure. Are, are you hanging <laughs> your controllers, or are you just super comfortable? I am very, very comfortable right now. I, I, I always think while I'm sitting here, like resting, like my my hands in my face, it must look super gotta, weird in VR. You gotta try and line up your because I've tried to line up my desk with my actual hands. You know, you gotta. I try and line it up like I'm a uh, yeah. a Huawei yeah. martial artist fighting oh. in VR. Anyway, wait, that's an in joke that we can maybe explain later. So this is how I'm and, gonna stand um, from now on. Some more. So we got some more comments. We've got uh, Hamad saying great, Deception saying oh yeah, Draken saying pretty sure they finished Alex around the same time they went on holiday last year. All this time just being polished. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Oh yeah, sense. do you know, do you know what Valve does? I don't know if it's still this actually, but um, it used to be that Valve every year would take all of its employees to Hawaii. Uh, um, to yeah. Hawaii for a week. I, I once that. actually, yeah. I, I once my brother knew someone that worked at Valve, and they, like when he got back from that week, he gave me his Hawaii T-shirt. It's really weird. Anyway, <laughs> you've got a anyway, now we should do something like that. I do. Re- <laughs> I do remember reaching out to Valve, you know, in December, and they're like, "Yeah, we're we're going to take a break. Talk to us in the new year." So I don't know. I don't know if it was Hawaii, but we'll only, yeah. we'll only respond by a post, and it has to go to Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so there's another component to this that I think we need to touch on: an 80 person dev team. In mm. 80 per 80 people which, which, worked on this Valve, game. Like ignoring VR, Valve said that's the biggest team they've had on any project. Yeah, right? so yep. at any one time, most of it. So it's even though it's huge for VR, it's also huge for Valve. Because also, you know, if it, yeah, go sorry, on. go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say even if like because I'm if it still works the way it used to when you know you used to report on things at Valve, you can choose what you work on, right? You could have got the whole desk rolling thing where you just roll your desk over to someone and and oh, work on yeah. projects you want to. And yeah. so it's like you don't have to. No one's standing there being like, "You have to work on this." Which hypothetically, if that really is still the case, it means no one's actually been. That can't to work still on the be the case, though. That, that well, I wouldn't think so, but I mean, well, because they well, have to get a game out in March. But but they've never they've always stood by it in the past. Yeah, I mean, that's what, I, that's could, how I, I don't know. I, I, I agree. Could see but, that. I could see that where 80 people are saying, yeah, I want to work on the next Half-Life game. Yeah, I mean, I, I could guess. imagine I mean, working there. And, well, that's too, true. Right? Like, you'd have to yeah. turn people away, I would imagine. How many I, people, I how no, many people think... do they have working on those other two VR games if they still exist, though? That's a good question. Well, no, that's the thing. I mean, like, I think it's really encouraged. The most encouraging thing about it is that you've now got 80 people within Valve that are, you know, drenched in the ins and outs of what it yep, means yeah. to make VR content. And yep. Assuming this game is as big as it, you know, as Valve hopes it will be, it could really encourage a lot of people, you know, make, hopefully it's got some converts in there. Cause I think there's a fair number of people within Valve that are probably pretty skeptical 
of, yeah. you know, we, we had those comments from the Valve dev saying, you know, it's a pain to do VR development where you've got four different headsets oh, yeah. sitting on your desk. You've got to plug mm-hmm. them in. You've got all the different bugs that you can have with every different headset. So it's a pain to make sure this thing runs on every different system. But now Valve has done a lot of the hard work mm. in smoothing out the development process. So that's hopefully the next project's way easier for them to make. Yeah. I would yeah. be curious what the 80 person team actually is doing. So do they have 79 artists and one dev, yeah, what's the you know, one coder, yeah. right? Uh, now that I know oh. 80 people, I'd love to know the breakdown. So go and ahead and share that information like, with us, Valve. <laughs> how many of those people are specifically like, I don't know, you think 80 people are working on Alex and you can think, well, maybe they've got five, I don't know, concept artists who don't actually deal with, like they're working on a VR game, but it's not quite like as involved with the, uh, mm the VR side of things, you know, it could, some of those people couldn't actually not be doing stuff. That's uh, so interesting in VR. Right. Like there could be five QA, QC people. There could be, you know, audio people. Draken said too, which is kind of what we were touching. Draken said, so 80 people wanting to take part is very good as if, if they were rolling their desk over, which I think is the point. If they're still going to that system of people, you know, choosing what to work on, they have ultimately got 80 people on board, which is cool. The important thing to point out here is that it's it, it's not really just 80 people working on Half-Life. That is that is 80 people that have something to prove about VR, like kind of what Ian was saying. At the mm. end of the day, right? but it's, it's almost, you know, you could almost argue it's 80 people trying to sell people on Index and PC VR in general as much as it is Half-Life because no VR game has been as talked about this much so far. It's going to be the yeah. moment that people are, the entire industry, the entire gaming industry is finally it's watching it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gerald said, "I agree with Kyle, but it also makes me wonder how amazing this game must be if that many people really want to work on it." And then yep. Surreal Deal said, "Do you guys talk with your hands so much on purpose? What are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Got to do something." Uh, it, it, you know, it's a fair I think question. It, I mean, like, it helps to redirect. Like, so we're so Harry is in Australia, Jamie's in uh, England, UK, Kyle is in Seattle, and I'm in Southern California. And there is latency to grapple with in yeah making sure that we're signaling to one another we want to talk we want to you know butt into this conversation and, I, and so it, it helps to kind of like by the way and yeah and i think it's a way of being like because i don't have my hands in my body i'm kind of like well i need to have something to you know have my it's like a presence thing you know I gotta, plus plus facebook are dumb and they won't uh they won't spring for hand tracking on rift so we we have to have these oh <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a good question, though. I mean, the whole point of this, I mean, I, I do emote a lot when I talk, yeah, especially to groups of people and things like that. So for me, it's just natural. But there does seem to be and like I'm, I'm inclined to talk with my hands mm. and my body Much because more. I know you can't see my eyes. So you can't tell. I mean, this is all fake. My mouth is. This isn't my mouth. It's all fake. What do you mean? It's all fake. What do you mean? This is not not to go off on too much of a tangent here, but this is the other weird thing about this podcast. We don't tell other people about the correction algorithm or whatever you want to call it in uh, in the rift. The Facebook avatars is if I'm like looking at Kyle, but then I slightly look over here to Harry, like the computer wants me to think that Harry's talking to me so harry's just intensely staring at me while carl is talking it's very it's really really strange so anyway yeah there are some weird social dynamics going on in this john and john said does the virtual studio you're in on screen uh similar to what you see in your own headsets and who controls the camera angles so basically we won't go on too much attention we we all look like we're sitting in our seats and then we have uh heaney who is broadcasting and he controls the cameras heaney uh, god 
He's on his own you know separate what? like version. We should do a tour of the studio with some, with some elevator music. I mean, yeah. this is literally uh, half of it. I mean, you, like there's some yeah. chairs over there. <laughs> there's another side of the yeah. room over there where we tra- where we teleport over to do the interview yes. segments when we right. do them. And yeah, we've uh, we've got that interview earlier in the week with to the top. And Joe, just so when are you guys going to add live audience support? I think it's uh, maybe uh, quite a while away. I wouldn't get your hopes up for that one. But anyway. No, yeah. before then. Um, I've just realized that also that I've just thought about the fact we have lockers in one side of the room and a water cooler in one side of the room. I don't think they're ever actually on screen. Um, what is he no, he has another prop. I've never put you know, anything in there. We should get some Tesla suits to put inside the, the lockers. Yeah. All right. We're, 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 yeah. we're getting well, off topic here. Let's anyway, get Half-Life. back to the, uh, yes. So Half-Life. So confident that it won't be delayed. Uh, that's a very bold statement to make. That means that they, uh, like, I can't imagine it being delayed it's, a second, a minute. It's a bold, a statement. Uh, it's no. a bold yeah. statement to make publicly. Like, internally, yeah. I'd be like, no, I'm making much. But when they come out the AMA and they're like, no, we're confident. That's it's kind of it's, bold. It's, it's kind of brutal that it's like the same day as, you know, like they could do March 31st into April 1st yeah. and make it an April Fool's Day thing. That would be brutal. Please don't wait until March To that point. Um, so it'd be like, April 1st is not the uh, Half-Life Alex available now on PC. <laughs> To that point, uh, me and Harry were saying um, a couple of days ago is that they, I mean, we're all saying it won't be delayed, but how do we know they're not shooting for March 1st right now and it does end up yeah. being March 1st? They, they've given themselves four weeks of leeway still, March just 1st, in case. And they're like, now if we need it, we've got th- like four extra weeks of bug testing, guys. Yeah, we'll just say basically. we're always planning when, for March 31st. Here's a good question. Yeah. When do you think When do you think they're going to announce like the actual date? Do you think they'll announce it like in February or do you think sometime in March they'll just say, now, here it is? I bet they don't announce it at all. I bet it'll just drop one day like you know just put your headset on and there'll be a head crab i'll I'll throw this curveball out there what facebook plans are there for march oh because you know they did make their index announcement carefully timed for the middle of the f8 keynote with with mark zuckerberg you know the, the executives of facebook up on stage to announce their uh, plans and then in the uh, middle of that they said by the way we've got this vr headset you should go check it out that's a great and, point you know we've, surreal you deal know, Facebook just, has just big plans this year surreal deal just commented horizon yeah which i'm not oh, sure if horizon has oh, the, the push to to kind of oh. overshadow half-life but that's an interesting point you know what if they just are, are sitting on horizon and uh kind of drop if, stuff on that what if they hack time. horizon and then at one point like you're in horizon <laughs> flying your plane like this everyone's having a really good time just in case you're listening i'm waving my hands around to signify the plane flying and then a crowbar just rips through reality and gordon freeman <laughs> steps in and says come with me if you want to live and everyone's like oh my god gordon freeman's talking and then he just takes you into half-life alex i think that's probably um, what's gonna happen right i pay to see that <laughs> it'd be pretty good um, Scott Mugford said, do we know how long the game is going to take to play through? Oh. Um, and Mr. Man said, I can't remember, oh. but I think it's about 10, out, 10 plus hours. I'm pretty sure it's about eight hours, isn't it? Someone someone said, uh, it, uh, someone in the Ask Me Anything session said it was taking people about as long as Half-Life 2. And I think yeah. Jeff Keighley said somewhere said upwards of 10 hours. I think he said it's somewhere okay, upwards right. of 10. Okay, uh, yeah. We, yeah, I've we, heard 10. We, we should mention like Boneworks. Like, what was the range they gave us in that? But it took me 12 hours and it took you six. So, I mean, like the range yeah. of VR games... And I can imagine, I can imagine, like, with everything looking so detailed in Alex, I can imagine if you just want to walk around and explore things yeah. and just, like, you know, go through drawers and rummage through the drawers with Wait, that they said, looking 
it took you 12 and it took you six. Yeah, well, I'm, okay. I'm just a if, pro if, gamer on it. If we do, I was just going to say, if we <laughs> do co-op, Jamie, I'm on your team. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, but you yeah. will spend a lot of time in there. Like, um, it will be really detailed. One of the great things they said in that AMA is that people spend a lot of time just putting buckets on the head grabs, and then, you know, it all works together. Yeah, so the buckets all, are just yeah. moving around on the floor. It's going to be great. And it was reported as a bug as well. Apparently, Playtest is like, yeah. like no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> no, no. Moving buckets. Working as design. Put a bucket on a headcrab, of course. Yeah. Yeah, well. yeah. Hey, let's move on to the next topic for this week. Uh, another piece of news. Facebook removes Oculus Go from its new enterprise VR platform right after the closed beta, leaving Ian's raising only his hands. the Quest. Just, Ian's raising his hands quest. in victory. Ian is so excited about this in uh, three degrees the night, sweet prince i'd say you know, he's vindicated <laughs> by this i would say <laughs> i'm gonna make a little award so you've seen the little uh metal uh quests that they've been sending out to people from uh <laughs> yeah. the little, i'm gonna make one it's gonna be a quest or it's gonna be a go and it's gonna say r.i.p three doff yeah and then ian hamilton underneath it I'll donate my go to that cause. You can do whatever you want to it. We can you know, bronze it. Smash it up <laughs> yeah. and put in bronze. Yeah. You'll donate oh, the go. You'll break yeah, it so, down for parts. Yep. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, so I, had, I had two of the Mirage solos. Uh, somehow they sent me two uh, through oh, some weird They were just giving those things away. Situ- situation. And yeah, I disassembled that to take a look inside. It was pretty interesting because there's like giant heat sinks and stuff. And saw the other one. If, we ever wanted to use that little three off controller. So I want to bring up the concept of enterprise because I've had a lot of discussion about the concept of, Oh, a company's going enterprise that it doesn't have a consumer level mm. product anymore. It's all enterprise. Is that like a, oops, we didn't make a product that is valuable enough for average consumers, so we're just going to sell it to business people because they'll get it. I mean, that's, I mean that's what, isn't that what Magic Leap tried to do recently? Is that, have I got that right? Is it Magic Leap? Well, I, I'm, I'm yeah, seeing a right. pattern yeah, here. No. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, does anybody else think that way, that, that going yeah. to enterprise is like giving up on consumers? No. Okay, so I got yeah. some, some thoughts here. Like, all right, uh, you've got a product that you've put out into the market and it's not selling well. And suddenly you've got to figure out how the heck do I get my next funding round for my startup, right? So mm. you need to somehow get investors to cough up, in Magic Leap's case, a billion dollars or $500 yeah. million dollars to fund another two years of having a thousand people, you know, very highly skilled engineers working on the future of object recognition, environment recognition, and you need to pay these people hundreds of thousands of dollars every year to keep them working at your company. So you need billions of dollars to employ all those people. How do you sell that story to investors and the market when your product is not selling well? And the only thing that makes sense to me is you say, we're focusing on the enterprise Enterprise. market. For years. And, and, And of course, there's a good fit there, right? Because in theory, the enterprise is... The enterprises have different needs, right? They have they need support. They need you know have, they need to have a phone number they can call to get help and get something worked out because time is money and every minute that your hardware isn't working is you're paying people to work with something that doesn't work. So you need to have someone you can call and get help. So yeah, mm-hmm. you need good support and there's mm-hmm. different services enterprises need so they can they're less price sensitive. They're willing to pay for that extra service. 
So there's a lot of reasons to, to make that change of focus. But it's kind of like a chicken and the egg problem with some of these companies where sort of, yeah. they're not going to beat Facebook at $400. So mm. we've got to change the story up a little bit. Harry, are there Just comments? To, yeah, i got some comments. So we got so Real Deal said, uh, very disconcerting. Go is being used for training in many companies. Uh, John Bardo said, explains the price drop, which, yes, I think that definitely ties mm-hmm. in. And then so Real Deal also said, hopefully Oculus is giving companies incentives to switch to Quest. Uh, business VR is what's driving the industry incognito to most people. Hard they, to get said. Three doff must yeah. be banned. That's your kind of <laughs> the little, the little like what looks Outlawed. like a little blue, little like smiley green. To be clear, three doff hardware like is the issue, not three doff content. That's yeah. been some of the debate out there. Like there is a wealth of history in VR development that is literally locked into the three doff ecosystem. Mm. And it's going to be a huge bummer when we can't. Now, Smash Hit is the example. I absolutely do love Smash Hit from the original Oculus Go Gear VR eras. Such an amazing game that even reminds me of Pistol Whip, where you're traveling down this hallway and you've got oh, simple physics is. to throw out these balls. Obligatory Pistol Whip mention. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Well, it's done, similar. Man. Yeah. Did you, What's that? Like sorry. every episode so far? I'm joking. <laughs> All right, so no, YouTube, but Smash YouTube, Hit is an check amazing game, list and now. Okay. it's not available on my Quest. I can't get Smash Hit, and it's it's kind of a tragedy to have that little bit of history unavailable on this this headset. Well, okay, was was Smash Hit available ever on Go? Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, did you wrote a story? You remember when it? You specifically wrote a story when it came out, like two weeks or something but after. No, but not Go. every Go game that is worth Sounds on right. Yeah. No. Yeah. The problem right. is there was some, some of them. Some of them there was do, like yeah. a, there's another game that had the exact same name and it always is, confuses is, me when I search for it. Is there yeah. a reason that every Go game can't look on Quest? Like why are they not all? Yeah. Com- it's the I mean, way it's designed. I'm sure it's it has, the way it's designed. Yeah. I'm sure it's a, yeah. a, a, this is me just being, you know, simplifying it, being like, why doesn't it just work? <laughs> but like, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't really want that. I mean, this will kind of feed into what we're talking about later, but I don't really want the Go library in its entirety on Quest. Yes, anyway. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's we just today. Kind of... I mean, like Henry and yeah. Dear Angelica uh, are both both playable today on Oculus Quest, but they're only the three DAW versions, and that's like that's a tragedy. Why? It's particularly yeah. with Dear Angelica, which is amazing in six DAW, and they've even got the Quill Theater that should make it work. Yeah, just got some yeah, comments. Yeah, go ahead. Go through. We got uh, C. Michael Neely. Education has already invested heavily in 3 doll HMDs. And for VR to get serious traction, then headsets like the Go do still have relevance. Mistake to pull out uh, this soon on the Go. Hussain said, I would buy 3 doll Go 2 over Quest any day, in brackets, what? assuming the price is right. Oh. I need Go more than I need a Quest. I do have a Rift. Uh, and then uh, Gerald okay, McAllister said, announce a halfway Quest of some sort at F8, which I think that's a possibility. Dean Pritchard said, going enterprises often price point, businesses generally can slash are willing to spend more, plus they have greater buying power because they buy larger quantities, which drives down average cost. Um, and Hussein said, six doff talk on go needs to die. Three doff on go needs to live. Six doff on go is a waste. And Quick, then so that into your calculator. Go- what do you get? Sorry? Hmm. No, no, <laughs> Thank you. He got the joke. <laughs> I didn't follow. It's a real deal. Said Go is fantastic for media. Do we think? Do we think that that, that they're going to do like a a halfway quest? That's like you know maybe hand tracking. Well, wait, no, no. We will get eventually a two hundred dollar headset that's based around hand tracking. That is fixed off. You know, moving your head around. 
The question Surely. is whether that system will have an optional, you know, add-on for adding the touch controllers so that it's a full quest. No, it, this is it's it, there will be a system could, okay, sometime down the line. Could you I believe it. Could you just sell the quest by itself with that touch controllers at a at a reasonable price point that maybe is slightly more than the no, goal price? No. Not today. No. Not today. Yeah, no, not at some today. point, sure, but, uh, but at some uh, point, not today. These things are not point? that expensive. Time? No. Uh, 3 years. 3 years. Will we still have the will yeah. we still have the quest as like this this model of quest in 3 years? I mean, I well, guess keep, keep it on in the mind that they told us originally that the iterations of of the headsets was going to be on par with consoles but yeah okay. then they that upgraded was... and they said it's going to be more like cell phones but how often do people upgrade their cell yeah. phones i mean some people do it every year oh. other people are still yeah. holding motorola razor flip phones from you know <laughs> early 2000s i mean the one that I, they I there's, yeah. there's a lot of elements there because you know facebook has a lead right now they've they've somehow scared google out of the market and you know scared you know they're they're crushing HTC. It seems out of the market for consumers to a certain extent, and you know it's they've got a lead here, and you don't want to lose that lead by holding back advances that you can get out into the market before everyone else. Like I think there's there's like a there's a hint in there that they got the hand tracking out there a little bit earlier than they promised, and it's not been great. There's been some bugs with the hand tracking because it's a little it's a little shaky. But you know, they're, it's still clearly an experimental feature, and they're still going to improve it, and they're probably going to build future headsets around hand tracking as a major input system. And it, they can't have that shake on on actual products built around that input system. Mm. But like, I just I think there's such pressure on Facebook to maintain its lead that that old you know expectation that it's going to take a lot of years to replace these systems was in speaking about the PC market, which has turned mm. out to be the only competitive space for PC, mm. you know, for VR. So far. I think um, so far, Gerald's yeah. made a good point in that he said Apple couldn't fight off Google during the smartphone days but succeeded against Microsoft. Uh, Scott Mugford said, three years from now, I think the OG Quest will be the go of 2020 because the next Oculus headset will surely be able to play PC games wirelessly since we know the tech is possible with virtual desktop. Interesting surely. point. Um, and Gerald said, Facebook managed to kill off uh, both uh, kill off both Google and Microsoft efforts in VR. Um, makes me curious how Apple will handle Facebook. Um, mm. Yes, I really hope for some surprising team ups this year. Like I think that's what it's time for. Google, for you know Google, who? you know Google, Apple, Valve, Sony. There needs to be some uh, trifecta. Some surprising the, the Avengers in VR. Call their planet. Call their rings. Get Captain Planet to come down with an amazing <laughs> new VR headset. Nick Fury needs to up Facebook. the Avengers of the VR industry. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Perry, I'll mm. tell you what. We'll give you that job. We'll poke one of your eyes out. All right, cool. We'll have a cat scratch yeah. your eye out. Spoiler alert. Just shit and... me around the wall. <laughs> there you yeah, go. sounds good. <laughs> I'd do that in a heartbeat. I'd be like, Gabe. Well, I, I personally <laughs> you heard about think... the VR initiative. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally don't think we're going to see a go-to. I don't think we'll even see a quest to, I think whatever comes out next will be like, there's no sense in releasing something, even at a lower cost that's inferior to what the current quest is. I mean, that's just my opinion. Okay. Let's so, say, yeah. let's say yeah. you have to, you are getting on stage at F8 or OC, whatever, and you have uh -huh. to make a new, entirely new product line. You're replacing everything. What do you envision the product line is? 
So, so nothing's being carried over. You're doing all new updates of everything, but what do you keep and what do you get away? What What is their new product line? So you're asking me for my dream headset? <laughs> well, what would you think Facebook reasonably would do? Have stuck your okay. dream so for its next standalone? Okay, so off. Yes, that's good. Yeah, that's a good way of – it's an easy way of putting it. Uh, all the capabilities of the Rift S, but standalone, hand tracking, uh, and better comfort, smaller form factor. Yeah, I mean, that's in, in wireless connectivity to a PC. So link, wireless one link. Only one headset? Or do you have it? Because surely you have two. Yeah, yeah but that's why? a staggered thing they do. They, they're not going to announce guess, an entirely yeah. new. They're like, not going to announce it new. They're not going to replace everything at once. Unless they? they suddenly, strangely, release a Rift and a Quest on the same day. But that seems like a really silly oh, yeah, go, move. Going upstream from Quest <laughs> oh, wait, that seems to happened. be the next you know, marker, right? You know, if you you could bring over the Halo strap, put a battery in the back, yeah. uh, and extend battery life, get those specs of the Rift S so that you can match the frame rate and... Uh, make it a six or eight hundred dollar product, and I, I think that thing would sell like hotcakes. There'd be mm. a lot of people that would upgrade from their Quest. Ooh. And Ad- Adam said, o- Oculus will absolutely iterate on Quest with a Snapdragon eight five five. That's the other thing too. They could uh, chuck in there to uh, you know make an upgraded Quest. Toss it in there, just flick it just, in there, just casually. Just, just like quickly, chuck very the through the USB. That's how engineering works. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's just yeah. like that. It is. They send an email like, please put in eight five five. Thank you. Zuck. <laughs> <laughs> then suddenly Boneworks is just on it. There's some <laughs> developer just like chucking things in it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to another piece of Facebook news. Uh, Facebook has released a fix for the Rift stuttering issues uh, through the through the PTC, which is the yes. public, public testing test channel. Channel. Yes, and so if you have that turned on and you're opting into that, you would have gotten an update. And but uh, doesn't work with Link. Well, it does not work with Link because Link doesn't work with the PTC. Because I know because I actually I was playing a game the other day and I hadn't noticed it, and um, I did notice the stuttering issue. I did get it on my. You did. Okay, good. Yes, I have. I have used it, and uh, it's quite frustrating. But um, you can't. You can update if you have a Rift. Obviously, you can update to PTC, and uh, that's been fixed. But Quest Link does not work with PTC, uh, which actually I've had a lot of people. I've had a lot of people on our Discord server and whatnot. I had someone yesterday that was like, I can't figure out why Link's working or not working. What's the issue? Sometimes people are opted into the PTC and don't even realize it because uh, they've had it on for forever or whatever. So, yeah, if one, if Link's not working, check PTC. Two, you can't actually do it for the stuttering issue. But it's good they fixed it because it was uh, pretty widespread from what we saw online. So considering quite what- frustrating. Considering what Link is actually doing, which is streaming the whole thing to your mm. headset from the PC, not an actual interface, but mm. it's streaming it, what type of update could they have possibly done that caused stuttering there and other stuff? I'm always it was, wondering. Uh, yeah. like, it was something, what, to, well, it was just because it was something the way that it was, I don't know how it worked, but it was because it was acting as a rift. So whatever affected the rift affected Link as well. It was something to do with the image, like not, I don't know, it gets really almost like choppy. Was it dropping frames or was yeah, it? Yeah, it was dropping. It was kind of like dropping frames and then just like, no, it was dropping frames. Okay. I think um, well, that's a, that was my issue at least. I think John Carmack just like kicked a server on his way out the door. That's what he did. <laughs> he broke it. Yeah. Damn it, John. <laughs> I can see it now. Facebook will be seeing him next. Bye, guys. Oh, yeah. what was that? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't apologize though. Not mm-hmm. John. Not John. So John it took Carmack him a month. makes no apologies. It took him a month to fix this. Uh, mm. 
what do we have to say about that? Ian, are, are you curious about the length of time it took? Were they having a hard time figuring out what the problem oh, was? Yeah. It's a, it's brutal. And it, it, you know, to Teeny's point, I, you know, I think he wrote the article. He's been following the, the stuttering issues and the PC updates. You know, it's clear that PC is not the priority at Facebook anymore. Mm. It's, Quest and it really, you know, it's understandable well, that the priority is Quest. But that it's mean... not the first time it's taken them a long time to fix like a very significant issue. Do you remember like back in the day, I think just after the original touches launched uh, and people were starting to add three or four sensors to their Rift setups, they had really big problems with that for a long, long time. I don't, I don't think anyone was necessarily, well, they might have been, but I, it didn't strike me that someone would have been sleeping on this issue for a month. Well, okay, so yeah, they've got hundreds and hundreds of people working on VR at Facebook. So that, you know, and I don't know the structure of their internal teams, but just so, so that, yes, clearly they they could have had people working on this. And PC issues are are, are surely incredibly hard to solve because you've got as we all know such a range of hardware, mm. and it's so hard to diagnose. So I, all that's completely understandable. But if you have a limited number of people, and you need to get the hand tracking to stop wiggling or you need to get the stuttering issue to be fixed on PC, which team do you assign more people? I, I think you put more well, people. There's a two entirely different issue. like engineering but problems. Might be, you might not, yeah. but you might not have the same, you might not have two different sets of engineering people to, you know, work on them. It's Facebook, but, dude. Of course they do. Well, look, in their defense, I mean, they have the people, that, they have the bodies to throw that, out. It's just, who knows? I mean, the hand tracking team's all in London. So, it's all different. Are they? Plus, they haven't fixed the uh, recording on the Quest yet, so clearly they hate Quest 2. Don't get me started out recording on the Quest. Oh, I've rant about that all day. <laughs> it's horrific. It's just, yeah. Anyway, we've got a lot of comments. Just to go back quickly to the last um, the last topic, there are a lot of people are saying the Snapdragon XR2 will be the next Quest processor. We've got no. lots of that. Let's yeah. play that. Um, yeah. And what's Let's got, the nerdiest uh, betting thing in the world. We should do a poll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do a poll, yeah. Um, and Gerald said, I suspect Oculus is understaffed compared to the amount of work they have to do. Yeah. And then C. Michael Neely said, we can never count on Apple ever. Surreal Deal said, I disagree, Gerald. Facebook is all in one on VR. And Gerald said, a combination of Facebook uh, supposedly struggling to hire people plus lack of engineering interest in VR, brackets from at least uh, the anecdotal data I've seen. And um, what else have we got? Mr. Man said, wondering if you guys think controllers that take advantage of EM tracking, like Atraxas, will ever make their way to inside-out headsets like the Quest, mm. which is a different topic. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little heavier, right? Yeah. And I, know, I, we, I didn't test that enough at CS to really get the latency feel. To is really this the electromagnetic it, thing? Yeah, the one someone, where you're able to put to the controllers behind your body. Yeah, it's the electromagnetic uh, track. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you could reduce the number of you could theoretically reduce the number of cameras you need to have on the headset in order, you know, by replacing it with this electromagnetic mm. magnetic stuff. But mm. now I think Facebook seems to be going in the direction of making these things lighter uh, rather than heavier. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. That's a toughie with, really... with third third party. Sorry, uh, third party controllers and the other types of technology. Every controller has its different uh, yeah. uh, uh, challenges. You know, the EM. If you're a, a big music person and you got speakers all over and magnets 
I mean, there's a very good possibility for interference. I mean, look at what mm-hmm. the Razor Hydra, there was that, you know, that rounding, almost like a, a distortion in the field because of the way it was emitting. There's all sorts of different, I mean, look, STEM itself was having all sorts of challenges. So wow, I'm wondering STEM. about the technology. I know, right? <laughs> oh, Hi, wow. That's, that's uh, yeah. I, I just, I, I can't, I, I can't help but wonder if optical versus other forms of tracking is going to be a real discussion in the future. No, uh, I, I, what I, what I'd like to see is better haptics, like a better range. So I've heard, I've heard this argument. I think I, I can't mention them. Otherwise you're going to, you're going to make fun of me, but like, if you want to just call them whistle pit. Yeah. Pit, whistle pit. No, but like, <laughs> whistle imagine pit. A, an actual accessory that's I'm making that game that feels okay. more one-to-one with a gun or more one-to-one with a, a bat, mm. but it's very small and it's, you know, it's, you hold it in your hands and it's tracked using some kind of optical tracking system. But like, since Facebook is clearly working so hard on optical tracking, there's there's the potential of getting rid of those tracking rings and doing something that's even smaller form factor and maybe is more one-to-one and has better haptics with specific game types. And no I can, yeah, they can always, like going, they can always go with the big going? rubber balls, you know, the light-up yeah, balls. The giant, the giant light-up ping-pong balls. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, that worked yes. out so well for Sony. Anyway, (laughs) and every other ping pong ball system. Um, Let's get some comments. Uh, Gerald said an engineer had mentioned to me that Gen One could have been lighter, but they decided to add more. I think this is in regards to touch controllers to add more heft since it felt better, which I kind of agree with. Um, And then uh, Adam Mason said, "I I would have liked better haptics, right? They did something. They they went Mm. backwards on the haptics there. There, You've got really nice haptics in the Mm. in the index controllers, and these touch controllers don't have that same." vibration well i have one controller that doesn't have any haptics at all the, this cool. controller doesn't buzz i don't think we can everything even, we can't call them haptics it's just i can't wait for these controllers to break it's just so buzzing. that i can yeah. break yeah. them open and see if they've got the secret messages oh that's you right because you know <laughs> so if you, for those of you that don't know some facebook engineers put secret messages inside the very first batch of these oculus touch oh, controllers yeah. and like if you break them open on some ribbon it says you know like Facebook is it's watching like or something. Cookie. I can't remember what it says. Yeah, congratulations, it's, it's you found the secret cookie. message. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like good huh. fortune will come to you this week. Look to the skies. Yeah. Ian, what, what, if, what if you break it open and there's just a camera inside? Or <laughs> <laughs> it's the picture of Zuck. Yeah, yeah. Little, it just says, yeah. I'm, I'm watching you. Zuck. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to the last piece of news for this week. So it looks like Lenovo has announced a 4K Oculus Go competitor for classrooms. Uh, cool. Cool. A, a, a Go competitor? <laughs> it's not really. Yes. Well, well, I mean, a Go competitor in that it's 3D, 3D off. That's, yeah, okay. Right. Same and it's for classrooms. It's yeah, for classrooms. Uh, so, so one thing they did early on when they did, obviously Lenovo partnered with Google for the whole Mirage Solo experiment. Obviously that didn't go very well. Daydream's not really a thing anymore. Uh, but one of the things Lenovo announced really, really early on was that they would be bringing the, uh, the Mirage Solo to classrooms. And obviously, that was quite an expensive headset. It was a technically challenging headset because it had six off tracking up here. But as we were saying earlier, only three off tracking with uh, one controller down here. And those things didn't really match very well. And at the same time, they were still running like Google content, right? Google Expeditions is the platform they have, which is a bunch of like, 360 degree virtual tours and stuff like that, like real life images, uh, a bit like Street View, basically. Um, 
And so I guess sixed off a sixed off expensive headset didn't really w- make sense for that initiative at the end of the day, right? But, I mean, when you're talking about the classroom, it makes way more sense to keep things simple. Uh, I don't know how much Ian agrees with this, but keep things simple. <laughs> We're always looking uh, at Ian, like it, waiting. Well, uh, yeah, like make sure kids can't break it. They don't run around their classroom and you know fall into a desk. That I can mean, happen. I, I, I t- just to sum it up, right? I, I think IPD fixing, no IPD adjustment to make sure that the optics are really tuned for a wide range of eye distances and sixed off. Those are comfort features. Those are things that relate to how long you want to have the thing on your head before you have a headache, before you feel so uncomfortable that you really need to take it off. And like, yeah. I've put goes, I've put the early daydream views on enough friends and family to see them, but then reaching up to their heads to keep it up to their eyes, and you know, seeing this this fitting issue returning again and again and again. And all I care about is that. When people put these things on their heads, it fits them right, and they feel comfortable for as long as yeah, possible. Yeah, but we're, talk- we're talking do about we're talking about headset. the environment of a classroom here, right? Which is a very, very different thing. That's going to be limited time usage. Probably only what, like, I mean, they started doing this with cardboard just early on, uh, like what five, ten minutes in a headset, take it off, write in your textbook, then go back in. Even and 30 do, seconds, yeah, to look at something, look around, and take it off. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, and what happens but if I you've s- got like sixty, not well, thirty? Sixed off yeah, headsets all tracking where they are in a classroom. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but not seeing where they are in relation to each other, they're all just running into each other. I agree with what Ian is saying, though. I think it's very valuable to make sure that the comfort in the IPD, I mean, I have young children that are doing VR in my home, and I always make sure when I say it's funny because it's become a routine. Dad, I'm going to go do. I'm going to go play on the quest. Okay. Make sure you have the IPD set correctly or change it for your sister, because we know everybody's IPD and it's important even at 15 <laughs> minutes or 30. So it's important to have that set correctly. And the, you know, especially in a classroom, you've got kids with, I mean, all different sizes and shapes of heads and widths of eyes. I mean, you know, adults, it kind of standardizes a little bit, but with kids, it could be all over the place. And you don't want to be responsible for a bunch of cross-eyed kids 10 years mm. from now, you mm. know? And, and I'm not necessarily <laughs> saying that that would happen, but, <laughs> you know, it could. So what you're saying is Lenovo is making an army of cross-eyed children who are going to grow up hating VR. Well, no. I mean, just okay. because Lenovo is <laughs> making this product doesn't mean classrooms are going to use it. Correct. True. True. I, I think the 30 seconds, you know, to two minutes is a really good point from Jamie. You know, like that. Why not just have Gear VR type, you know, cardboard systems and limit them literally to less than two minutes to just look around to get that sense of depth and yeah. location I mean, and then take it do. off and write on your report. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Google's got a whole system in place for that, but we should really look into one day. But I, th- I think the thing makes total total sense if it's you know affordable and it brings vr to the classroom in a unfussy manner i think it's a smart move definitely more so than bringing the last one over. yeah and don't get me wrong i do think that vr belongs in the classroom i think there's a lot of really mm-hmm. great educational stuff that can be uh utilized i just think it needs to be done correctly i think there needs to be uh precautions and you know this is just the dad and me talking, but I want to make sure it's done correctly because if I'm not in the classroom, then how do I know what type of, you know, there almost needs to be some, some rules laid down. 
for how this like well, it's, I mean, in, no like, blame but set the IP. It's like if you set the you working up like parent teacher I've been like, now nah, just have some issues with the IPD settings. Yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> teacher's no, like, huh? <laughs> to take a step yeah. back here and just really be clear, I mean, Facebook does Facebook, and I think Sony both say twelve years or older on these headsets for yep. you know for that safety mm-hmm. reason, and it's. You know, it's like we, we've got a very weird position, a very awkward position here where we're parents and we have families and friends nope. who see this amazing. Oh, so nope. Uh, I have no thing, friends. You know, people doing uh, fun things in VR and getting begged for by, by kids and teens to spend time in there and, and not wanting to deny them the thing that feels fine on my head and, you know, is perfectly comfortable to me while also being very cognizant and aware that this is not approved and recommended i like i i went to one of those dreamscape i think it's dreamscape immersive Mm. and there was a six or seven year old that was putting on the backpack to go through the thing and you know they basically more or less lied i think about their age to the (laughs) demo person to get this kid into vr and the kid got lost in the middle of an underground tunnel like so we're going through this this temple or something and it's very scary indiana jones like and the kids the kid is like half the size of everyone else because of the way that you know like it's a it's a human it's like a fully formed adult avatar but like size to half size oh wow she she just just lost and i'm hearing her audio in my head like where am i yeah I just got some comments. Chris said, I'm having a really hard time getting IPD to work great with Rift S. All headsets need to have oh, physical yeah. IPD adjustment. Agreed. And uh, Anna Mason said in response to that, yeah, that's one part of the Rift S I don't like, but I got used to it. Um, and then Chris said, luckily, I also have an index, and I use that much more. only use Rift S for the exclusives because it hurts my eyes, which I think is also something that uh, you know Ian can uh, relate to. But, yes, physical IPD adjustment, the way to go. Yeah. Uh, I've joked for years that I'm going to have my IPD tattooed on my arm. So that way I always have it (laughs) available. It's that important. Yeah. Yeah. It's that important of a piece of information that I want it, you know, I want it always with me. Make sure you really don't forget it. Exactly. But I am looking forward to seeing VR in the classroom and I know my kids are as well. Uh, Okay. So that's the news for the week. Uh, I think it's time to move on to our next section. The release of the week. So the release of the week is where we talk about any new games that we've played this week. Uh, It doesn't necessarily have to be something that was released this week, uh, but something that we've played. So I'm going to start over here. Jamie, what have you played this week? Uh, Well, obviously, the big thing um, that is out this week uh, that I've played a little of and David has reviewed is uh, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, which is the big new zombie VR Massacre game, <laughs> seeing as there's no better word for it. Uh, out now on PC VR headsets, it's coming to uh, PSVR. Like I think in like a couple of months. There's no date. I think it's um, I think it's quarter three. They said it's um, quarter three for Quest. I'd, and I think PSVR. I, is quarter, I think it's quarter four for Quest. I'm pretty sure. Oh really? Okay. All right. Well, I that, think quarter that three is PSVR and quarter four is is Quest. So it's still it's going to be a hard game to get onto like. Uh, um, you know, lesser powered headsets. So we'll see yeah. how well they do keep to those targets anyway. But yeah, it, I have um, a feeling it'll be like Robo Recall. I have yes, a feeling exactly, it'll be like that. exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah. Zombo, so, Zombo Recall. 
Zombie. <laughs> yes, it could be that. Um, the thing about this game is, I, 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 you know, I grew up. Well, not grew up. I was already quite old when I was reading The Walking Dead, but I was a Walking Dead mm. fan in the early days, and then that is, hey. you know, that's just the definition of a uh, a franchise that like really outstayed its welcome you know the tv show went on forever the comic book only just ended uh, there are like a million games many of them are terrible um so you know when i got invited to see it a couple of weeks ago i you know wasn't really expecting that much from it i mean there's two walking dead vr games on the horizon this is uh this is one developed by the kind of on the more comic book side by the guys at skydance interactive and then servios have another one coming called the walking dead onslaught and it's just the That's most the bizarre one, situation right? yeah. that there's two like nearly identical looking walking dead yeah. vr shooters on their way but then that that sums up the situation about the saturation with this franchise perfectly well keep in mind too that servios uh in the very very early days of vr they had zombies on the holodeck yeah yeah exactly. and so it, it seems to make sense for them to make another zombie game yeah that's true but that's true. to have multiple official titles like yeah it's very yeah, strange it's very strange it's very it's, it's odd and it's it's because i i believe it's because i've gotten the impression that it's because you know there is the comic book side the, the yeah. business side of the walking dead comics and the business side of the walking dead tv show and there's not a great the amount of communication things. between the two and the serious one is, is the show one right like yeah the serious like, the serious one is officially licensed show merchandise it's like or whatever show version whereas this one this one kind of looks almost the, the art style and the uh what they've said about it reminds me of like a telltale uh, yes the original telltale game which i, I haven't played yeah, in the, the first season itself, but yeah 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 which is so, exactly it's that whole kind of universe getting onto the the game itself like um yeah i wasn't expecting much i went a couple of weeks ago to go see it and it is uh, what David put it really, really, really well in the review, which is live now on the site. Um, he gave it a four out of five. He said in his first paragraph that for so long, Arizona Sunshine has been like the standard of the, the zombie VR shooter. The, the bar was set then back all the way back in 2016, basically. Um, and this kind of just raises the bar above it in really significant ways. One one thing I I've been thinking playing it is, uh, obviously, Boneworks is only, what, a month old now, which is really like a month and a half old. Um, and one of the things I said in my Boneworks review is, yes, this is an amazing, fantastic uh, playground. It's just when it comes to a structured single-player campaign, it really struggles. And I think I haven't played the entire campaign myself, so I can't you know, speak to that definitively. But the ways, the areas they focused on here... You know, it's it's not the massive kind of playground that Boneworks is. You can't use every weapon, but you can use a heck of a lot of different weapons that you find in the environment. Uh, and the physicality in the like the melee combat. So like if you if a zombie is on you, you have to grab him by the head, and then if you're going to stab him in the head, you don't just kind of like you don't do like a wee waggle kind of thing. You can't just like throw your fists around hopelessly. You have to really kind of thrust your fist down mm. with you know with quite disturbing pantomime. intent to murder something <laughs> to what did you say what a great pantomime that was just amazing yeah. oh thank you thank you if you're listening to the audio, i really got that sense that, that you had a zombie in your in your hand in this yeah. space yeah i even like kind of like, like a lot of zombie the you know yeah. if you want me to i can come over next to you yeah actually yeah, let's you do that <laughs> here go ahead come on. here okay, are you gonna I'll be able to do this all right Heaney, make sure you're getting this so imagine that carl is a zombie Okay. I, I take his head like this, and then this is, this is everyone's dream, isn't it? And then I just stab down here. Yeah. And so not only not only have I then stabbed Carl. No, stay Carl. Stay Carl. Please come back. 
stabbed Kyle. <laughs> Not only have I stabbed Kyle, but the knife is going to kind of stay in here. And to get out, to get it out, I really, again, have to kind of like wiggle it around and thrust it out. <laughs> so that, and then I could have an axe. I could, boom, like that. I could oh have a shotgun and I could, you know, <laughs> oh, I could, that you know, use my fist. I could even have a spoon and try and scoop out his eyeballs, but that won't work. I've tried it. Anyway, okay. thank you, Carl. That was don't hard. meme that. <laughs> Round of applause for Carl, everyone. That was a great demonstration. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and so, but so getting back to it, there is this incredibly impressive physical display um, in the game. And there is also, you know, what Skydance promises is like a 15-hour kind of campaign. Now, in the review, David says that, yeah, it kind of gets to that goal. It does get a little repetitive. The mission structure is not incredibly uh dynamic but as a showcase and as kind of almost a refinement of this avenue of physical gameplay that we're starting to see emerge in vr it's one it's like a really really impressive game so um yeah that's out today it came out like literally an hour before we started recording this um i think yeah. um i think oh, i think it was jj the comments have scrolled up i'm pretty sure it was jj said to me it's uh sounds like a 30 dollar game with a 10 dollar uh extra tagged on for the walking dead price tag. Um, and then then, then, uh, I think it was either Heaney or David in the comments, as I said, keep in mind the campaign's about 18 hours long. And JJ said, fair point. If the end game is there and it's not rinse and repeat, I may see a reason for $40. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, I think people are going to be quite pleasantly surprised. I think, uh, I think people that played boneworks will definitely, definitely enjoy this. Like people that love boneworks Mm -hmm. will definitely, it's another, it's Boneworks in a zombie universe, basically. It's not It's not quite there, but it's probably a little more refined from a production It's kind side. of taken everyone by surprise, too. I feel like I feel like the last week yep. I've seen so many people mention it and be like, wow, I can't wait now. But before that, I remember when I think I wrote the piece when it was one of the really early pieces last year about it. And it wasn't like a big deal back then. Like It wasn't like anyone was, I think, well, it's what the I'm Walking Dead the kind of IP. Right? It's the Walking Dead. Yeah, it's like, like no one yeah, even great, thinks about it. Another Walking yeah. Dead game. Mm-hmm. Um, but frankly, I think it's like the zombie game be there's a lot of other zombie yeah. games coming up this year and I, I don't think any of them look quite as impressive as this so we'll, we'll see how it goes but yeah i think if if you're interested in buying a new vr game this week it has to be that right mm. 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 harry what about you what have you played this week uh, what have i played this week i played uh fail factory the, the <laughs> was a go Spinning. gear vr game fitting fitting name um Go Gear VR game originally that's been ported to the Rift and Quest two years after its release. Um, played through all of that. Uh, I played through every level. Loved it. That is, oh, you know, yeah, definitely didn't love it. That's a, a strong <laughs> look. It wasn't the greatest thing ever. It feels very much like, as a bit like what we're getting into with Go before, it feels yep. like a Go game that's just kind of, you have six off and that makes no difference to anything because you're sitting in a seat the whole time and, and it literally tells you not to move. It's like, this is a seated experience. Please sit yeah. down. And so you sit down and it's kind of like, well, I'm not going to move anywhere. The control, but, I mean, you can only use one touch controller at a time. The other mm-hmm. one is completely pointless. And you can move that in six off, which is good. But the games are so, like, dated. I mean, I got four out of four. It's four, rated out of four. A bit like Angry Birds, like a mobile mm-hmm. game. You get, like, there's levels. You get rated for each level. And the idea is you go back and would improve once you finish, yeah. you can go back and do better. Yeah. But on like, I reckon 80% of the levels, I got four out of four immediately. And I actually finished at uh, 57th on the global leaderboard after starting somewhere in the thousands. And I wasn't even really trying. So, and it's my greatest <laughs> accomplishment in VR yet. Uh, this, this, 57th well, on the well, fail factory. I have a question. Go ahead. Mm. So my only question is, uh, is it kid-friendly? Is it is it made for kids? Oh, God, and yeah. would kids well, enjoy it? 
You say God, no. I said no. It's really kid friendly. Yes. Yeah. Like it's easy, it's colorful, it's, it's I mean, simple to understand. It's kid friendly, but it's like, well, I'd like to think me... I give my kids something better than that. The Walking Dead, <laughs> Saints and Sinners. It's a bit yeah, like, right? it's a bit like, that's a kid friendly. It's a bit like, you know, we bowling is kid friendly and kids will enjoy it, but it's like, there's so much more on offer than we bowling. Like, so, yeah. Ian, <laughs> you, you asked a question and I'm glad you did because I was going to ask almost the same question, but in worded differently. Who is the target audience for this game? I see. I think Christmas I think Day. it's easy to. Yeah, exactly. It's like to, it feels like something you would give to someone to be like, look at, look at what you can do in VR. It feels like a game that when it yep. came out two years ago is kind of like something you could just demo to someone. Which which I think then by virtue of being that way, it makes you want to say that it's kid friendly because you're like, no, it's very simple. But I don't think it's like. I think there are other games you give to a kid that a kid get more depth out of. It does, just because it's yeah. like a simple kind of demo style game doesn't mean that There's I this- wanted like my kids play it. There's this really like kind of weird strand of Oculus published games that just sort of release and they're just out and it's like, okay, thanks for working on that for the past like six to 12 months or whatever. Like I remember um, the guys that did Defector and Wilson's Heart, they released an Oculus Go quest game, uh, an Oculus Go launch game called uh, B-Team, which is essentially the same game as Fail Factory. It's just a mini game compilation. It's just this strangest thing it's like throwing something at the wall in the hopes that maybe it gets like virality and sticks or something like that see and i i actually disagree and i do think that there is value in these types of games because that low barrier of entry to just get in and start playing and to play casual uh 10 to 15 minutes at a time you know we're we're what (laughs) well i mean why, why I, are you I, saber, I could saber is that game. I mean, no, but also like you can give a kid tilt brush and the kid's like, wow, I can like paint in three and run around it. It's like, wow, that's a cool experience. Or you could sort some cubes into rubbish shoots. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, not everybody plays the Kyle, same I, games. You know, there Kyle, are people like, who are obsessed yeah, with Tetris on VR and I've done it and I love Tetris. I didn't see any value of it being in VR. You're right. It's just, there are better party games in VR basically. Well, yeah, I think there are better this is not this is not the best yeah, example of the Christmas morning unwrap it and everyone play this. I don't know. I just so, I think that there is some value to games my, in every think, genre. Think, across yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I just I think agree. in this genre, I think it's not my problem game. is if you give this to someone who hasn't played much VR, they'd be like, "Is this it? Like, yeah. is this is this is this what V? Like, it's you know, they'd be like, okay, so the games are all kind of going to be like this. They're just kind of you know, gimmicky." mini games i feel like even though beat saber is like you said that it's beat saber is that game and it is so like overexposed and everywhere it is kind of a very vr experience you know you kind of go wow this is something that i can't really do anywhere else i could play fail factory on a mobile phone if you just Mm. gave me flick controls yep yeah so instead we'll just give you waves and waves of zombies to shoot I mean, I mean, yeah. Okay. I'm just Look, playing devil's advocate. I know. Here, I get really, you. I get where you know? you're coming from. The, the only thing you. I want to I want to add here is like we're in an awkward position where we're we're addressing consumers and trying to let them know what's worth their money in you know and their time in this space, right? And we all ooh, I accidentally popped out of the experience. Um, <laughs> at the at the Sorry, same time, we're also talking to devs and trying to build long-term relationships with these devs where they trust us with bringing them, bringing their products to us and letting us really assess what they're we're doing. We, we respect the work that goes into all of these projects. We understand yeah, how hard yeah. it is yeah. to make these games, but some of them 
we, we have to also serve this community of but the, people. The, the way I always think of it is the, the ultimate respect you have to pay is the money in the consumer's hand going over to someone, right? And that, at the end of the day, that rules above any other kind of uh, consideration that you're going to have for any other kind of developer because, you know, it, do, it doesn't matter if you're a small team or a big team and, you know, what kind of capabilities you might have. That doesn't change the amount of money that someone's handing over. That's not someone's, you know, special money for the developers that, you know, have a harder time or something. They, everyone spends like a pool of money on one thing and you have to tell them about the best thing regardless of, you know, the conditions that it was made under, basically. Mm. So, I, and I agree with you. Well, uh, Ian, did you play anything? Pistol Whip? Okay. Yeah, pistol Whip, Pistol Whip. Pistol Whip only uses one hand. All it's right. Fun. Pistol Whip. Uh, all right. It is time to go to our final section of the show this week, and that is the hot topic. And the hot topic this week is... Whether or not is Facebook's Oculus Quest store curation policy working as intended? And there's a very obvious uh, story that goes along with this. I don't know. Uh, Jamie, do you want to tell this story? Yeah. So the, it's a very uh, long and multi-layered story. But basically, we all know that Oculus Quest is being perceived as a very big success in the VR market or, you know, in, in regards to, um, in, in the context of the VR market, at least. Uh, before Quest released, Oculus shared that the content, the store was not going to work the same way as Go and Rift. They were going to have tighter curations. They would need to see things like, uh, could the developer prove like market viability? Could they prove like, you know, a unique selling point within the, uh, within the store? Um, now, that's a very interesting move that is kind of going in the opposite way of what many other like platforms are doing in this day and age. So something like if you look at what happened to the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, and to some extent Steam this generation in the past 10 years, they, you know, they blew their doors wide open and like anyone can basically publish a PS4 game now or a game on Steam or on Xbox. Um, and Oculus and Facebook made the case that Actually, on Quest, we don't think people are going to buy uh, as many Quest games if they're essentially buying what we refer to in the gaming industry as shovelware, right? And something like when the original Wii came out, lots of people were making like really quick, really cheap games where you just kind of waggled. And there were so many of them, it saturated the market so much that it was called shovelware. And, you know, I think the Wii ended up having a, a quite bad attach rate, which is a term used to describe how many games you buy for a console you buy. Um, so to some extent you can see what Facebook's talking about. They want to, you know, they want a more curated list of games on a store mm. that week in week out people are going to come and check out and if there's only two games, those two developers have more chance of success than if there are 10 games and, you know, five of them are absolute crap. The other side of it of course is that some people are not making absolute crap. They're making really really good games and Oculus are saying not necessarily no to them, but not right now, come back later. Uh, and a whole different uh, other host of excuses. And it's, you know, it's kind of split the VR. I would say it's almost split VR consumers and VR developers down the line in, in some way in that consumers are quite happy with what they're getting. Some consumers are. And lots of developers are really, really annoyed that their products aren't uh, getting on the store. And that all 
came to a head this week as we revealed on upload when uh, with SideQuest, which is a side loading thing for Oculus Quest, they launched their first paid app, which is To the Top, which was a game that famously was one of the first rejected for Quest. <sighs> anyway, that's, yeah, that's caught you really up. Really nice summary. Yeah. Wow. Thank is you very much. I'm yeah, following a year, year worth of reporting there that you summed up in the basically very yeah. <laughs> out of breath. Uh, yeah. anyway. I, I so, don't okay. know that to the top was well, first. I, they, no, there you know, was there were some other paid there. ones. There oh, were some sorry. Ones. I, 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 but I this is like the, the first kind around. of big one. But 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 to be fair, I think it's the first like uh, paid experience that would be equivalent to something you might buy on the Oculus Store. Yeah, like exactly I think it's right. the most expensive, and it's you know obviously a fully fledged kind of um, more of a fully fledged game than perhaps some other things on SideQuest. Yeah. So what you've said brings up two very specific uh, uh, components to this conversation. Component number one is we know through watching the app stores and the Play Store grow and uh, give millions of options in terms of what silly, stupid, pointless apps versus really valuable and productive versus entertaining, high-end games, low-end games, you know, uh, there's all different things. Is Oculus... Uh, hindering that growth by having mm. such stringent policies on what they offer, uh, are they, you know, their curation, mm. is it is it actually reducing? And I understand the concept of shovelware. The other concept is, is by having curation, are they uh, pushing developers away? Are mm. they saying, eh, you might have an idea, but if we don't like it, it's not going on our store. And is that hindering? In, uh, Andy, do you have some comments? comments you want to reply to? And one, there's one comment which I think links into kind of this: is how can Fail Factory, which is just shovelware, get on the store but not to the top? Communication yep. on why there some games are being denied is not because <laughs> Oculus the same story it. with Crisis VR. Great. Yeah, it's an Oculus Studios published game. I think is the the, the short answer to so, that one. So I mean, like that's kind of like that. There's an there's an ally for that game within Facebook who is able to probably yep. help. Uh, yep. You know, and yeah. that's kind of like the that's the underlying grumbling that you would hear in the people, dev community is that you've got to know someone in Facebook, you know, to people champion have mentioned your Pixel work Ripped and, as well as another example of uh, a game that was done. Pixel Ripped's a really, really strange one. Uh, just for context it, there, the it, sequel Pixel Ripped 1995 yeah. is uh, officially listed on Quest. It's coming soon right. in spring, but the original game so far, the developer has, told, has been told will not be on Quest, which is so strange. Um, yeah. yeah, it's tough. So, but like, all right. So I think the, there's something I want to I want to underscore here, and that's I, I've mentioned it on a couple previous recording sessions, but I want to really expand on it here and talk about the evolution of what happened with the App Store on iPhones and Androids, where they they both, or at least with Apple, they launched with a very curated system that was mm. ten to twenty dollars for every app you installed, and they're all like, I wouldn't say they're all great. I mean, I I don't use half of them anymore. Ten years after the App Store, you know, they've been replaced by a lot better things. But back when it launched, you know, there was like Super Monkey Ball, I think was one of the things where you you, uh, yeah. you move your phone around to move the ball around. It was cool, an interesting concept to launch with. But what ended up happening is uh, the market for iPhone apps became so large that it became impossible for good devs to stand out. Yep. And it started just slowly year after year, $9, yeah. $8, $7, $6 the price, you know. And yep. now every app is free, and that's the only yeah. way to actually make a uh, profit is to make an app free and then somehow make a service that you get uh, either yeah. you know subscriptions for or you sell or worse, you sell the data 
of the people who are using your service in some aggregated system. Mm. And so you, you've got this 10-year process where uh, we had a system where people paid for their apps, and over time, it eventually evolved into a system that you know people really feel uncomfortable with and hate, yet they can't stop themselves from tapping free whenever the free button is there. Right, so because the we suffix... don't want that to happen yeah. for VR. But the suffix to that is that everybody has a phone in their pocket right now. Yeah. And in 2007, they didn't. Yeah. And in 2010, they didn't. And in 2012, they started to. And that evolution uh, put a phone in everybody's pocket. If, if we were to have an unregulated, un, uh, you know, curated app store like SideQuest uh, that it might have a, a huge boom of, of shovelware, if you want to put it that way, will that put a headset on everybody's head in the mm. next three years mm. just some more comments um kev i noticed before spoke about uh touring carts which i think is another interesting one because that is on I believe that was rejected and it's on psvr and and steam and whatnot yeah. already um draken says the only reason something shouldn't be on the store is because it's a virus or performance is bad every other reason is silly um gerald says uh yeah gerald says so i call this out of oc5 as a concern i think overall it's positive as it makes it more viable for devs who do get in to make money on Quest. And then uh, he also said a lot of Quest pitches lack the signs of success needed to really show Oculus that a project will be completed and hit whatever their, qual their quality bar is internally. Um, and then Draken has pointed out Fortnite is free and it crunches over 15 million data points per minute. And we've got... Uh, what does that mean? Matt, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I think he was talking a about data in regards point. to... I'm not sure what, what the data point, but anyway. And then uh, Macledge Brett says, don't know about Quest games, uh, but the sale on Rift that. games that's happening now is pro is full of shovelware. Yeah, because Rift doesn't have the same uh, obviously the same curation. So they're probably yeah. referring to like the size of the server capacity for Fortnite. Yeah, it's like it's, it's a massive bro? undertaking for them to <laughs> make all that work. See, but like that's I, where we get to talk about Horizon and what the what yeah. the promise of Horizon is to Facebook, and it starts it starts getting really interesting to see what Facebook does with its platform this year, right? So they bought Beat Saber and they own the top app on pretty much every app store. Like you can't, you go on steam and uh, mm -hmm. the top app is going to be Beat Saber um, pretty much all the time in terms of, you know, every possible metric, you know, hours spent yeah. and, and all those things. And now that's owned by Facebook. What does Facebook do over time with products like Beat Saber yep. to anchor its platform or to make people want to use it. Like Beat Saber is a fantastic product at whatever are they charging 25 or 30 bucks uh, to download like it. That. Then you've got the, then you've got the music packs that are on top. Like that, like I'm, I'm willing to buy those music packs and pay for those songs. But what happens if Beat if, you know, Facebook chooses to make that a free to play product and, you know, I can somehow very much does, see does that, that expand it even larger. I can see that. I can see that that'd be so. If you if you think about now, we've got a fairly not slow rate of music packs, but if you think that if that sped up a bit and you could just buy some much many more songs and, and music packs, you go to free to play, like be like a mobile game, and then you'd have like the kind of Beat Saber songs or a limited capacity, and then you just buy more songs. I feel like that would not that I would uh, like that, but I can see it happening for sure. Draken also says. I think Oculus will add multiplayer to Beat Saber because social, which of course, I mean, it's uh, been planned yeah. and they're definitely going to double yeah. down on it. But uh, yeah, getting yeah. like getting back to the curation thing, I think the 
the answer of if it's working or not is just going to be different for every type mm. of person you ask, right? I mean, I, essentially, there's there's four types of people you need to ask here, and that's the people that want to use their quest for everything and anything, and therefore are quite well tuned into side quest. Uh, the you know the kind of more casual quest users that don't even know anything about side quest don't know what side loading an app is and are very happy every week to turn on and find something that it has been curated and pushed to them because someone else has already said this is a quality product that is going to sell well uh then you've got to ask the developers that were there at like quest launch who you know scores and scores of them say well our products have sold like you know immeasurably more on quest than they have on any other platform like like double in cases if if not more um and then you've got to ask the people that haven't been uh, haven't been accepted yet. And I, you know, to to raise a kind of sore point, uh, something we didn't say in the news this week is that um, uh, Playful, the developers of uh, Lucky's Tale, so one of the first ever VR developers, really, they were there on Oculus Rift launch day as a free game for people that bought Oculus Rift. They announced like significant layoffs. And is there a story behind there where they wanted to get Lucky's Tale on Quest and they can't? They weren't allowed because maybe it didn't. Well, I don't know. Maybe it didn't perform well enough. Maybe Oculus didn't think people were interested in the IP anymore. Is, and is that are people out of jobs because Oculus said no? But with mm. with this, my other my other question because I don't have a full understanding of how the process works is when you pitch them a, a Quest version, can you pitch it to them before you really begin work on a port? Like, can you go? This is what we want to do. Like in Pixel Rips, Pixel mm. Rips case, for example, with the original, do they have to port it to Quest and then go try the game out on Quest? Here they, pitch? they encourage you to like tell them what you want to do, like before you even start doing it, right? They don't. So, yes, so, so you, don't, you don't need a build. In Facebook's defense, they're trying very hard to make sure devs don't spend time on something that's not going to make it through. So they they don't want that horror situation where. Yeah, uh, people spent a lot of time and effort yeah, and on Gerald something just that's said not going to get accepted. Pitch before porting. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but like it's but not. That's... But to your point, it's not realistic. Like a lot of devs yeah. need to prove out their idea to a certain extent, even yep. to themselves, before they actually feel confident enough to go and pitch Facebook. But like, yep. it's really disappointing mm. that there isn't an early access system yep. for See, Quest. Right. That's the understanding. Yeah. yeah. For me, the curation is simply to make sure that any app or game that they put out is uh, performant and is capable of utilizing everything that the Quest has to offer in Mm -hmm. a way that is not sickness-inducing, that you're going to break immersion. I I think think the original Pixel Rift would would, would have passed that bar. Yeah. If the sequel's well, there might pass be, it. There but then might I think be... stuff like, ooh, hang on, my headphones fell off. Well, the, the, well, oh, well, an Australian spider's climbing up his neck. Jeez. Watch out, oh, Harry. No. <laughs> there, there may be, there may be other performant issues with Pixel Ripped that yeah, is that's okay true. on a PC, know. but we don't know what the, you know, that that SOC on in in the in the Quest, it, what can it handle? You know, what is mm. the upper echelon? And but but I will say this in terms of curation is that value uh value is relative value is uh relative to the perceiver somebody might see value i know people who have spent hundreds of dollars 
playing the Harry Potter or the Pokemon Go. Yeah. They spend hundreds of dollars. Yeah. I would never do that on a free game. That's absurd. But other people do. So making that level of curation, I think, is a little too much, in my yeah. opinion. But, you know, there, there's there's other reasons. Back, back to the playful thing. Like, it's there's a very big difference between Facebook funding a studio's project for Quest and taking an accepted pitch like it's yeah that's true i think there's a fair question of whether playful was in a position to make that port uh without another injection of facebook money i'm just using them as an example right how many other you know vr studios have gone under that we we don't know about or whatever because of failed quest pitches at the end of the day how many how many developers right now are like counting on quest because their steam vr sales have tanked and they they don't know, and people Facebook saying no, and they're like, "What do we do?" I mean, picture that developer walking out of the pitch meeting and got a big no. And yeah. Now they're walking back to go tell their teammates that no, guess what? I don't understand no. what the downside is of Facebook buying SideQuest. You know, I think it's been on. Yeah. It's sort of been. Uh, I think SideQuest is open to it. I don't think that they're, you know, uh, that they've said, no, we would never, you know, it's not that type of relationship between this platform and what Facebook is. And it seems like we're destined for a kind of, uh, you know, collision there where, you know, I I, I sense it in the community where people are, (laughs) people are discussing this, right? Where Mm. I don't want my $15 app that I bought on SideQuest to suddenly in some future update get broken. Yeah. um, Because it's, it went this odd route to get to me as a, an end consumer. I want, you know, and then we relate this to the other thing of like early access. And I want to, I want to bring up this thing that happened that people might not remember, but I loved the mobile jam that they did way back. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Give you right. I answered that. Yeah. Why, why would they not? Like, I think that's something that Facebook has so missed is like, why not do another mobile jam? Why not buy side quest? Why not, uh, roll out this early access program and why not, you know, really embrace the experimentation again with a new wave of developers. Do you it know, seems like one, it would just build this out exactly like they're hoping to. One, one really interesting point um, from Oculus Connect six last year that I thought said so much about the mentality of quest is that every year at Oculus quest, um, John Carmack has done app reviews Um where developers bring had traditionally brought in Gear VR and Go, shown him their Gear VR and Go apps, and he has reviewed them. And traditionally, I, I mean, I could, this might not have happened every year, and I might be barking up the wrong tree, but it's just my theory. Traditionally, that has either been streamed or later put up on YouTube. And this year, I was really looking forward to it because they were focusing on Quest. Uh, and it never appeared on YouTube. It's like the one session from the entire thing that never appeared on youtube wasn't streamed and to me that was again this is entirely speculation but i just thought that sent a message of them controlling what people are saying about quest and experimental quest development Mm. and early quest development online they didn't want a bunch of people seeing a bunch of games that they thought oh that's cool i'll look forward to that because there was a very good chance that later down the line they were going to be told actually no you can't just quickly yeah. Um, before the comments roll up, Gerald made a good point. He said the three main things they're looking for that he's found is um, quality of experience, chance of success, and risk of incompletion. 
So it's not just, okay, you can publish this because you, you do get an Oculus representative as well, he said. So it's not just, okay, you can publish it, but it's, okay, here's an Oculus contact, here's some marketing, etc. Um, so they don't want to approve someone who's planning to make their first ever game and saying, I'm going to build an FPS MMO, like something very unrealistic. Yeah. Um, which I think in Ger- theory works, but... Yeah, Gerald yeah. knows what's up. I mean, Gerald's been yeah. around for a while. He's a good guy. Yeah. He knows what's up. Ian, uh, just to kind of put a, a, a cap on this, you know, you mentioned about Facebook buying SideQuest, and I hadn't actually thought about that. And uh, it sent a shiver down my spine because <laughs> I can picture buy it, kill it. That's yeah. it. That's what would happen. And and I don't want to see that. I want to see that level of competition, that independence, that non-curation. Co- it's not real competition. I guess as I think like the underlying concern here of the community, it's 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 a it's a platform that exists explicitly with Facebook's permission, which can change at any time. And I think to your point, I mean, like that's the fear is that Facebook's permission can change at any given time. So we want we want not to need Facebook's you know permission to become a developer in order to put whatever the heck we want on our quests. We, we, that's like. It seems like a wrong type of gate to put in place for people who just want to mess with their hardware more than the average person. It's not just a developer thing to want to do. If SideQuest were to die, that would not stop people from sideloading stuff. You can always no. sideload. The fact that SideQuest yeah. exists just makes that process easier but you still, for an average you consumer. Wanna, even if you want to um, sideload, you still have to register as a developer, right? Because that, that lets you yeah. put the, the quest. So even right. if you didn't have SideQuest, it's still, it's still an issue of, well, to, for a consumer who just wants to mess around and do this, they have to technically register as a developer. But they for them just... to destroy that side loading capabilities would be a hindrance on bigger developers so but that's kind I, of, I, my, my point is like yeah. you could buy a side quest and not shut down side loading but you know at the same time they could change they could also change this developer only you know, why why force everyone to say they're a developer just to side load content yes say you know yes you should still hit the you know i know i'm putting myself at risk you know button right. to you know put that up just in front of people that. to warn them yeah. what can sure. happen when they do this. It's just, uh, I, you know, I, to your point, I don't want to shut down. So I don't want them to buy and kill. They still right. need this option. That, that That's why this is still on a collision course, right? Mm-hmm. People are worried about their stuff not working. They're also worried about it getting shut down there. You know, there's, it's just, it's a convoluted part of the whole quest offering and it needs to be streamlined and simplified and, it seems like they, there's a pathway to really unleashing more creativity via Quest. Um, it's just going to suck if you have to go into Horizon to unleash that creativity well, and use right, your Facebook right. account and yeah. all those but, things. But but I don't think that it'll kill the concept of sideloading. Uh, it'll just make it more difficult. I mean, that, that type of thing has been around since the early, uh, you know, uh, cell phone days. I mean, tablets and stuff. I mean, people have been rooting and putting custom ROMs on all of these devices for years. So I don't think, even if SideQuest were to go away, I don't think that would uh, that would kill the concept. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, this has been a great conversation. We've gone on for a long time. Is there any extra comments that you, you want to? A few, a few last comments uh, just to point out. Draken said, "There's also the elephant in the room. Piracy is possible with sideloading. Mm. They might hide sideloading altogether. Sony did that with PS3 and Linux support." I, 
true content hunting side loading only because you you need that for developers and then gerald said on the opposite side if oculus fully opens up the oculus store to anyone that could all also really hurt side quests which is a, a interesting flip side to consider mm, i guess mm, that is that's a good point yeah okay well, uh, I think that we should wrap up this episode. Like I said, it's been fantastic. Great conversation. Um, I, I think, Jamie, actually, is there any fun stuff that you want to tell everybody about yeah. what's going on right now on our site? So uh, I mentioned it a little earlier, but uh, we just put up our Walking Dead review. Um, so you should definitely go check that out. David spent a long time getting through the game for that. Um, big VR release, probably the biggest release we're pr probably going to see until, like, Alex. So... That's something we want to look out for. Uh, we just put up the third episode of the VR Culture Show. Now, this is our uh, like kind of semi-regular show where we talk about a lot of kind of non-gaming experiences, very cool VR films and business, things like that. In this one, we have a really fun episode. We actually went to Japan um, and we filmed some really cool VR arcades. We filmed some uh, VR developers out there. Lots of really cool, crazy stuff to see in that one. So definitely go check that out. Ian's pointing at me. Ian might have yeah, more. To the top. I want to mention the to the top interview. Oh. Uh, Heaney, can you drop that in the comments, the link to that YouTube video? We uh, separated it. out the interviews uh, this week, and we did that interview with the creator of SideQuest, Shane Harris. We've got a 20-minute interview where we talked about to the top and to, uh, how that was there, you know, this big paid game that's now available via SideQuest. And uh, if you want more content, we've got that that interview out there for you to check out. Right. So the interview that you would normally see at the end of the show is a separate video and there should be by now a description a, uh, in, now the in the, in the, to, in the comments, you can check that out. Ah, okay. There. In the comments. Just yes, there. absolutely. So, so yeah. definitely check that out next. Uh, and then also make sure you're going to upload VR.com for all of your, as I say in the beginning, latest news and comments and interviews and all sorts of fun stuff. So I want to say thanks to the panel and thanks to everybody who's watching. We'll see you in the future. Godspeed. Bye.